Welcome to the Divergent IO podcast, episode five, The Truth About Recruitment and Selection. This is your host, Zachary Bellows, and my co-host, Beverly Dominguez. Uh, we have a few quick announcements. Uh, the first one is we have a Facebook page. Uh, just search Divergent IO podcast and like us there and get a lot of updates there. We also have an email, uh, the Divergent, uh, Divergent uh, Podcast Network at gmail.com. So if you have any inquiries or you want to chat with us, uh, send us an email or find us on uh, Facebook. So today we're going to talk about uh, recruitment, the process of recruitment um, and selection, uh, eventually being selected to do a job or how um, hiring managers select. So ways a candidate can be recruited or tries to find jobs. LinkedIn is a big one. It's one of the most popular uh, social media networks for jobs and businesses. Uh, There's Indeed. Uh, Indeed is a nice website. It streamlines your um, resume process because they have easy apply jobs. Uh, ZipRecruiter is really good. They'll send your resume out for you. It's almost kind of like a platform that um, does recruiting for you in a sense um, as a uh, as a prospective employee. Social media is great. A lot of these um, companies now have Instagrams and Facebooks and they'll post on there. There's also referrals you can get from other employees. And generally, when you get a referral, you apply through company websites. So I know there are a lot of consulting jobs where you almost need a referral to get in, and then you just apply through their website. So say like Deloitte or uh, EY or some of these bigger firms, their jobs are just on their website. Sometimes they'll put them on LinkedIn, um, but most of those jobs are just straight through the website. Um, The importance of a good application is it really shows the employer who you are. It gives them a quick glimpse because most hiring managers don't spend that much time on every single person's application or every single person's profile that's built within. They they see name, education, some work experience, um, but you also want to fill out your application. You want to make it look really nice for the employer if you have to import it from your resume because some some software makes you do both and, you know, upload your resume. Um, and then it wants you to put in different fields. Um, so we're going to talk first about resumes. So that's the most important thing. It's the first glimpse they get, uh, the employer gets of you as a potential employee. So resumes, we're going to talk about fonts, formats, layouts. Um, uh, resumes are really important to the employer because it really is their first view of you as a candidate. If you have like the spellings or it's formatted weirdly and there's different fonts and different text, it really makes it difficult for them to take you seriously as a candidate, especially when you're moving into higher, more responsibility type of roles, say management or administration or consulting, whatever it may be, the higher up you are applying, no mistakes on your resume are going to be accepted really. Even if it's a small misspelling, um, it, it pretty much takes you out of it. Um, also, candidates have really caught on to what hiring managers are doing, the practices. And the the savvy candidates will actually tailor their resume. They will customize it. And they'll also create a cover letter, which Brother will talk about in a few minutes, 
so it fits their tracking software or it it fits the lingo of that respective company is because Deloitte will have a posting for a consult, a management consulting, and Accenture will have one for a management consultant, and they use completely different lingo, even though it's the same job. So a smart candidate will see both those jobs, apply for both of them, and they'll use the verbiage uh, uh, for both jobs, and they'll just tweak the resume so they understand. Um, so so they're kind of speaking the same language. Um, there's various types of resumes. They're chronological resumes. These ones are the most frequent. It's um, most recent work experience uh, in chronological order, your um, education in chronological order, and it, it's meant to be neat and efficient and to the point, direct. Um, a lot of when you're doing resumes, when you're doing your bullets under stuff, you want to use a star method, which is situation, task, um, uh, situation, task, um, assessment and and what was the r is um results and um so you want to format in a way where i had this situation uh i i got the task um then we assessed it and then we have the output as the results and that's um that was kind of a wordy way of saying it but if, but the star method is basically the gold standard of using it because most people want to see, okay, yeah, they co-led a team, but what did their team do in the organization? Like what are their results? What, what was the output of that? And you don't have to be like super crazy with your results. You don't have to have like a retention of 80% since you put your plan in, but it has to be significant enough where it's like, okay, if that makes sense. The next resume is functional resume. This is a resume that, basically downplays employment gaps or un, uh, for uh, employers or either in your work history or your educational history. Um, it, it gets to the, it kind of dances around the issue if you have an employment gap or education gap. Um, so it, it really explains it. Um, and often these are combined with chronological. So you'll have the format of chronological and then you, Try it. It's not like you're hiding the gap, but you're um, making it less noticeable. So if you have a three-year gap, it's not a huge, huge um, red flag as usual. Uh, then targeted resumes are the last one I'm going to talk about. And targeted resumes are what I was speaking to before, where savvy candidates will speak the language of the company that is in um, that employer's language because each company now has their own own language, their own verbiage. And if you're just sending in a basic uh, resume that says, I was a management consultant here and I did these tasks, um, most companies, one, their software won't pick it up. And also, if you're not speaking the language of Deloitte or Accenture or even Target, if you wanted to have a corporate job or whatever else, they have their own culture. They, they want to see like, Okay, they, they understand we're on the same plane. We're on the same, we're speaking the same language, essentially. You don't want to overdo it, obviously. You don't want to have every single thing like kind of copied over, but you want to speak their language. That gets you a lot further than you saying, hey, I have a basic functional or chronological resume. I hope to get the job. But there are a lot of employers that really want to see, like, hey, um, this is, uh, this is a, 
unique company. Uh, I applied for a big multimedia company, and I had a t- targeted resume specifically for this company here in Southern California, and I ended up getting an interview for it. And I that went a lot further than me just putting in, hey, I was an analyst here or a research assistant. Uh, so the next very, very important thing is customized cover letters, and Beverly's going to speak more on that. Hey everyone, this is Beverly. So I just want to say thank you, Zach, for you know talking about the importance of resumes and all the way and all the different ways that we can look for jobs online, um, and all the different ways that uh, employers can look for candidates online. So now we're going to move forward to speaking about cover letters. And Zach just talked about the importance of cover letters accompanying resumes. So a cover letter is not just, you know, a way to be like a little bit more formal or out of courtesy. It's actually a way that a candidate can impress um, and show off to the employer employer of what they're capable of. And it's, it's where they're able to add a little bit of spark into their application process and basically show um, their creativity, their personality, um, and even other skills that they have, and they're able to apply it into this cover letter. Um, and so it's basically, I like to say, like, it's a way of you selling yourself. Like, you want to be able to sell, you know, yourself to this company and say, like, look, this is what I got. And um, you're going to be able to, you know, stand out from the rest of the candidates um, if you make it really unique. Um, right. So it also, with the with the cover letter, you're able to build relationships with the employer. You're able to, let's say an employer really likes your personality or, you know, what you're showing on this cover letter, um, and they contact you. And then when you're already doing maybe like a phone interview before, like in, an in-person interview, uh, which is something that we're going to talk about later, but you're able to, um, the the employer is already kind of building a online relationship with you, quote unquote, where they're already like saying like, wow, this candidate is really, you know, impressive. They're really creative. I love their personality. Like, I'm just excited and look forward to speaking with them in person or being able to see them, you know, through even if it's a, through the screen or in person. Um, so this is a really exciting way for you to be able to stand out from the rest of, you know, the candidates applying. And um, and it's also, you know, through the building of relationships, it's a, it's a pivotal moment where you're able to, you know, align your passions and skills into the... Um, into the the company to see if your if your passion and skills are aligning with the company's um, values, missions, um, and their goals as well. So um, so sometimes you know during the application process, it asks you, um, do you want to apply without a cover letter or with a cover letter? So I really we really want to be able to put an emphasis that cover letters are really important, and you should always do a cover letter. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but sometimes like I have a like a template cover letter that I use for companies that um, are not that I know that for sure they don't they're not really going to maybe you know like there's sometimes that they have like we're gonna talk about it later that there's you know tr- the, those tracking systems that put more emphasis on the resumes than in the cover letters. So that's where you kind of have to know the company and see what they like and what they're attracted to. But let's say there's a company that really likes, you know, to put their time into getting to know a candidate. I want to be able to make a perfect cover letter for that 
company. So it's going to be a separate cover letter that's going to be designed specifically for that application, that position, and that company. And also, um, <clears throat> it's also an opportunity, um, like Zach mentioned earlier, if um, it's an opportunity for you to show off your writing skills because if there's one mistake in that resume, um, you know, um, when in sorry, when a recruiter is looking at these applications and there's a mistake, they're just going to be like, oh, this person's not detail oriented or they're not just not careful and they're just going to put it to the side. And um, for a cover letter, it's the same thing. You want to make sure that if you're going to be speaking, you know, putting all this time and talking about how amazing you are, you want to actually make sure that you're going over and making sure that the cover letter has no grammar errors, has no mistakes, that it flows, that it makes sense, because this is an, a way for you to be able to show off your writing skills um, and be able to, you know, be, make it a really well-written essay, basically. I mean, even though it's only, it should only be one page. Um, so just, you know, just just wanted to say that because if it's too long, people don't want to read a whole novel. You know, people just want to read something short and get to know you and then move on. And, um, yeah, and then lastly, it, when it comes to writing cover letters, you want to be able to show how excited you are for the position. You want to be able to put your enthusiasm on paper and really show them that you want this and that you're passionate about this and you know really make your personality and you know your personality shine you want to make you want to make sure that you're you're making it um clear that you're a unique fit for this position and that you're going to be able to have immediate value into the organization so all of this combined you're going to be able to put it on paper and just really show how how excited and how much enthusiasm you have to apply. So with that said, um, we're going to move on to the automated assessments, which is also a part of the application process. Um, the, the places where I've seen it a lot is in Indeed. And Zach mentioned Indeed earlier. It's a way where employees and employers or applicants can apply for jobs. So when you're applying to jobs in Indeed, you are, um, you know, submitting your resume, submitting your cover letter, and then once you submit it, it sometimes that an automa automated assessment pops up, and this is uh, basically like a quiz, and it just depends. There's different kinds of them. Um, there can be some that you know they test you on on you know task management or time management, and um, there's some about like recruitment and selection, about Excel, um, what else? There's just there's just so many, and um, and sometimes these pop up and sometimes they don't. But it all depends on the company if they want to put these out there to make sure that maybe they can like lower the 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 traffic of the applicants just to make sure that only the ones that really know you know, how to do these tasks get through. Um, because let's say you say that you do have a skill and then you get tested and then like you, you do really poorly. But, you know, there's times where maybe you just don't see this coming and you take it and you don't do that well. Um, so there's times that you, um, it keeps a score, but maybe they really like your cover letter and your resume. So they, you can still get a call back. Or maybe you don't even do it because there's been times where I, I, because you can, you have the option of putting take later, and there's been times that I haven't even like I, I forget about it, 
And I think I've gotten a couple callbacks when I didn't even do these. So it just all depends on the recruiter and how their company works and what they want to do. But these are really nice also to show that you know what you're talking about and you know that, you know, you're proving that your skills that you put on your resume are, um, are true and that you're actually skilled enough for the position. And for example, um, Zach wanted to put a little video, so it's going to be on the description below. And this little video basically talks about the different automated assessments and how you can practice for them. So there's actual websites where you can practice these types of quizzes um, or assessments prior to applying to a job that you might think that they might ask for these. So, you know, it's really important to be able to be well prepared because um, you never know when you're going to be... Um, facing an automated assessment and um and yeah just basically this helps you know recruiters make decisions if the if they should be moving forward with the candidate or not so now that we talked about automated assessments we're gonna move forward to the interviews so um we're gonna be talking about interviews next week and um interviews are basically the next step after you've been selected to move forward and um and uh, yeah, just because it's a little bit longer and we want to go really in-depth about it and really help you be prepared for the interviews, um, we're going to make it a part two. We want to thank you for joining us for another podcast episode. This month, we're going to be doing two parts for episode five. So we're going to be posting this at the beginning of the month, and then we're going to be posting part two at the end of the month. And for part two, it's going to consist of interviews of selection, automated tracking systems, and then we're gonna have a final discussion about experience versus education. So please stay tuned for the end of the month. Also, we wanna let you know that we do have um, our social media um, information on the description. So please uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, we have also an email. So if you want to ask us any questions about your, you know, about school, if you're interested in IO psychology, if you're interested in any type of field in IO psychology, um, please send us your questions, your comments. Um, we would like to even create an episode regarding, uh, you know, your, about your questions. So um, please let us know if there's anything that we can that you would like for us to talk about it in, in an upcoming episode. So we thank you so much for joining, and we hope to see you soon. Bye!